They're oh scary. God. Fake positive girls with their dirty Air Forces, high waisted jeans. Jesus Christ. And Kumbaya, oh my God. Kumbaya are scary. White profiling. That's I'm not profiling. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. The podcast where we always make sure that our penal departments are in love before we do anything. We're back to discuss the second act of Sex Education's final episodes, episodes three to six. And by we, obviously I mean two thirds of those listening to my crew who return. Because joining me once again is my friend, but please I beg you, Keep them away from all bottles of chili oil. Espresso and Chinedu. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Uh, good. How are you? I'm fine. Chili oil for female masturbation or Viagra pills. Those were the two references I was going for. Are you which, for chili oil? The chili oil. I don't know. It sounded more fun. Also, you know what? I felt like it was less gendered. First. <laughs> because you know what? Him, she, they, they can use chili oil for... <laughs> what they want to use it for because I look you know what Hannah Gatsby come and explain your thought process I don't know why <laughs> that was the thing she, la- she landed on to use uh, um, you get ready talk about four episodes of sex education yes, four sir. episodes four hours nice. Jesus Christ. I was actually looking forward to this recording actually because I think that was a very good run very good run so I'll just quickly because we'll go through four episodes like I said I'll just quickly run through the admin guys if you're looking at the feed right now we dropped the Obviously, we dropped the first episode of Sex Education, episodes one and two, two days ago. We also have our first episode on The Continental, the John Wick prequel. Uh, that, as we've done our job, that should be with Obiara, Ebuka, and Robert. So please check that out. Also, Chinedo was on the three Top Boy episodes. You can check those out on the feed. We did a whole season of Winning Time, the docudrama about the um, Lakers and Magic Johnson. Check that out. From next week, we'll be covering Gen V, the first spin-off from The Boys. So that should at the very least be interesting i'm scared i hope it's good but at the very least it will be interesting and wild so we'll be there for the ride okay so actually before we talk about sex before we go into this episode i have a question and i wasn't sure if it was just because obviously i haven't i didn't watch the whole season like previous season before this um season came out was it just me or has this show always felt for lack of a better word this separate because to me, at this time, it felt like we're just ha- watching different, not connected short films. Does that make sense? And I think I realized that when they came to the funeral, I was like, oh, you guys are all... Like, always, they are, they're always telling their own stories and living their own lives. But this time, it felt very individual. Does, is anyone getting what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. I understand. Because they're all sort of, like, interwoven with each other in the previous seasons. Well, I, I actually, yes. I quite like the change this season. Because... Mm. I think I've gotten to know each character. Yeah. Even if I felt like I knew Otis, I know Otis now. Like, I get him. Like, he's been the forefront of this show the entire time, but I've seen him in the views of other people. He'll have his own struggles, but then it will be interconnected with something else. But with this, like, season so far, I felt mm-hmm. like I know each character like Cal and Eric and Maeve and um, Ruby and all the newer characters as well. Like, I felt like this is the first season where, other than maybe Cal and Viv in the seasons before, where 
you truly got mm-hmm. to know the new characters. Like all all the new characters, like oh and everyone, like you actually got to know them as people. Whereas in other seasons, like there's a new person, you got to know them a little bit, but not their true inner thoughts and what goes on. Like Raheem. Like we didn't really get to know Raheem too much. We just knew him in interconnection with Adam or with Eric, but not him as a person. Yeah. Like that deeply in comparison to what these guys are like now. I we know them. Like I feel like I know them personally in terms of what their motivations are. And you can almost guess what they're gonna do because of how much detail they've got into mm-hmm. their backstories. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, so it was, so it wasn't just me. I don't. I'm not the weird one for feeling like feeling those. No. And it happens with one particular character. That I think I want to touch on later. But sorry, what were you gonna say? Change? No, I was just even gonna say like even kind of like when you're at that age and going into uni, um, you start to you start to like have your own thing. Like you guys start to have your own paths just gradually. Like as you're mm-hmm. going into uni, like even with like Isaac and Amy having like their own art class and like everyone just doing their own thing. Like you kind of begin to go into your own. It doesn't mean like you're, you know, entirely different from everyone else that you've been with for the last couple of years. It's just like, you just start to find your own like ground, which is fairly like consistent with like being a teenager and just going into like your young adult years, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So let me just go through it. So quickly, episode three is written by Krishna Ishta and directed by Dominique Leclerc again, which is actually notable because um, Krishna is a trans writer that was added to the room for season four. I can't remember what the trans storyline was. I, th- I think that was the episode where Carl went to the party, which obviously yeah. makes sense. Uh, episode four is written by Selena Lim and directed by Michelle Saville. Episode five is written by Ethan Harvey and directed by Michelle Saville. Episode six is directed by Alisa McCalland and written by Annalisa Dinella. Okay, so obviously as a host, as a gracious host, I try to make things interesting. What we're going to do this episode, I've, I've broken down all four episodes into anxieties and we are going to discuss them through 15, or is it 14? 14 anxieties or 15, I can't remember, in which... I got from this episode. So we're going to start with Maeve because, yeah. So the first is the anxiety about not being a Nepo baby. Because in this batch of episodes, um, Maeve realizes that she's not getting the internship because her more prestigious and more connected classmate is getting the internship from Emmy winner Dan Levy. He, she goes to him for feedback on her work and he point blank tells her that she's not cut out to be a writer, which obviously was what something Shadow and I feared last episode, <laughs> last week, that things would get quite sour. I didn't think he would, like, be this petulant, which is quite... Um, but I don't I do, I do hope this is not the last we see of, like, Maeve's American American journey. What do you guys think of that part of Maeve's storyline this episode? I felt... Maybe it's because I'm doing my teaching degree, so you're, you're, you're learning a lot more about teaching generally, but the worst thing you can say to someone, which is what I talked about in the last episode who is Mm -hmm. like Maeve is to talk to her the way you think you can talk to yourself. Teachers always make this mistake of thinking that because this person is similar to me in terms of like, they're a bit moody, they're a bit dark, they're a bit sullen, or they're a bit like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to make it like, they they talk back a little bit. It's nothing too major, but they've got a bit of bite about them. So they think that they can approach them on that level. I think if you give over tough love, it will motivate them to then do better, like a B-Tech, Jose Mourinho thing. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. Psychologically, it doesn't work. 
you mentally destroy that person because writing is very vulnerable. Whether you're writing an mm-hmm. essay, a report, especially what she wrote, especially with what she wrote, it's such a vulnerable piece of writing. And you've always got to be. I always feel like with all subjects, but particularly with writing subjects, you've got to be so much kinder with people because they're explaining their points of view and their perspective of things. Mm-hmm. And even yeah. if you think it's the worst piece of writing imaginable, don't you know insult it? Yeah. So you know what I understand that viewpoint. This is not the way I viewed it. Maybe look at it this way. I know damn well he didn't think that was trash. Hmm. I think he thought that maybe she what she wrote was okay, but he felt she could have done better. But she's not going to hear that bit. You basically insulted her and her writing and her reasonings for being here. And her insecurity about being in that place is for those reasons. That she doesn't feel like... She's so smart and everything. She knows she's intelligent, but you're mm-hmm. not the same as everyone else. Like when you're the odd one out, to everyone else like you've basically have confirmed her genuine like back of her mind thoughts about you and about her place in that whatever that is a university college school i don't know what it is yeah. is an american something <laughs> <laughs> but it was so i I was watching him yeah dan dan leave that's an apple because i hated him for like 10 minutes and i loved that man genuinely that's a good man <laughs> it's a good man savannah but i hated him because I'm like, we've, I don't know if like if any of you experienced a teacher like that, but we've, I've watched my friends have teachers like that. And I used to watch it and I used to think, you're not going to get anything out of them. They've shut down. They, you're not going to get anything yeah. out of her. Now, obviously, maybe Maeve, or maybe because of everything that's happened to her, maybe she'll, she'll go back. I don't know. I hope this is not the end of her journey there. And she talks to him mm-hmm. again because I want her to give her a piece of her mind because you can't teach people like that. It's awful. And they're children. I don't care what anyone says. She's 17, 18. She's a child. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're you're being very generous. And I would like to hear what you do think. Because I think he might agree with me. Because I think that he was just trying to cut her down. Yeah. Like, I don't even think he was trying to motivate her. I think he was just being an no, asshole. No, no. I, don't yeah. think, I think it was hurt and it was I don't think her. he was trying to... Mo- I, I don't think that. But I'm thinking that there's... I, we, we don't know. I think he's been a dick. And I don't think mm-hmm. he liked what she wrote and he thinks that she could have done better. I think that's his point of view. I'd, I th- Oh, no, I think he I actually think he liked, maybe he even liked it too much. I yeah, I, I think I think he said the exact opposite of whatever he was thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think he was trying to give her like constructive feedback and he wanted to, you know, maybe put like basically frame it in a way that gets to her. Um, yeah. I think he was just being out and out like a liar. Like he was yeah. just lying. I think he was hurt by what she said. Yes, I and think so. Because on top of that, she was now, her. Yeah, her writing was now good. And I think because she said what he wrote didn't have heart. Yeah. That's something mm-hmm. very like personal. It probably hurt his ego. Yes, exactly. It's like, yeah, and I think he wanted to even stoop lower. And <laughs> it's funny because she wasn't even like oh, going low, so there was no need for that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, nah, I agree with Banky. Oh. Priscilla, you're giving him way too much. No, grace. I don't think because what I'm saying that is, I don't think that's the overall arching thing he did. I think he did it to be a dick. And men yeah, in literature, okay. are, men yeah. in those worlds, like I did English for a long time, they're dicks because it's a it's a man's world. Is it like literature is seen as a man's world? despite the fact the, the consumption is made is women mainly who read it. Yeah. So he's been a dick. Yeah. But I would not be surprised if he then says to her, like, 
what he was trying to do was the Jose Mourinho thing, mm. but it came off wrong. Yeah. He was being yeah. a dick. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. liked the writing. He definitely did. Yeah. Maybe he felt that she could have done things better. Or maybe he thought she wrote better than he did and he was insecure about it. But I yeah. would mm-hmm. not be surprised if he then if she ever goes back and he says to her that you know what, like I was trying to come across in like to to make to do like to piss you off to yeah. make you write better, but he did it in a yeah. shocking way. In yeah. a to be fair, we, um, we have seen that before where people try to yeah piss people off just to I, get I saw their Jason arts, Mourinho like, do that again. in my football club. For There's two a reason Mourinho years. is washed now though. So that that doesn't work. Because I think the issue with that method, because the issue with the negative psycho like the whole that psychology, it only works for specific types of people. Yeah. And mm. you don't know her well enough to do that. It's not the first thing I'll do. That's usually something you do to someone if you've like if if you're teaching someone and you were someone's english teacher for five years it got to year 11 and you've started to notice and you've taught them all throughout secondary school and there's this one kid in class who you know because you've known since they're 11 years old they respond to this way of teaching so i'm gonna adapt that thing to Mm. them specifically because i know it will get through to them then fair enough do you know i mean but you don't know me you're just upset she said something honest about your work that's no one ever told you before because you're Mr. Hoity-toity in the literature world. You then decided to mm-hmm, cut mm-hmm. a 17, 18-year-old girl. She's a child. <laughs> she's a child. Yeah. Danny was a good actor, man. Yeah. I actually can't stand that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Priscilla, you'll you, be a good teacher. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. a better person than I. Um, I should mention, as we go on, that some of these anxieties, will some of them will require a lot of discussion and some I just put them there so that they won't say we didn't mention them. So some things are just there just to be mentioned. But let's move on. Um, the second thing, anxiety about grief. This is obviously Maeve's big, big storyline from this episode. Her mom passes away through a drug overdose. And yeah, it, the episode, episode six culminates in the funeral in which um, Amy has invited some of their friends from school and the trailer park to come to the thing. It's all quite emotional. Any thoughts on this? Like, I mean, it's grief. We've seen stories about grief. It's a 17-year-old losing probably, definitely her mom and probably maybe her brother as well in the same span of time. Maeve has been through it, man. Yeah. Maeve has been through it. I got this to be put through the ringer. And, um, oh, sorry. Can yeah. I... No, 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 go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, it's, I think it was very heavy. Um, and just the fact that they come from such a traumatic childhood, like her and her brother, mm-hmm. it must have been like, it's such a crazy thing to deal with because it's like, how do you mourn? Because while she was alive, at least you could get that hatred. You could, you know, just have that feeling of, you know, negative emotions towards. Yeah. But it's now like she's passed away. It's like, you can't get like how do you get closure like it's just i can't imagine being in that headspace that she was in it's not Mm -hmm. it's a horrible feeling and it's like she doesn't want to go down the route her brother took because it could Mm. just be a spiral like he showed clearly but then at the same time it's like giving them grace and but then again i'm sure she understood the background like that led her mom to be like yeah but also we should mention that the last memory the last tangible memory Maeve has of her mom is her mom like selling some of her stuff to give Maeve money give Maeve some money to go to America 
True. Right. It's her mom calling her over the last couple of months just to check in. True. Yeah. Meanwhile, the last thing her brother members of their mom is probably something quite dark. Yeah. And probably something that has to do with drugs and yeah. not seeing them. So it makes sense that they would react in this way. I'm sure at a different point, like, probably wouldn't be as much as her brother, but if you caught me at a different point in time, she might have just been as angry with her mom passing away, right? Because all she could remember were the bad things. And um, in this case, like she mentions in the in the eulogy, like all those things are true, but like most people, her mom was multifaceted. She had all those good parts. It's telling that her brother doesn't, either doesn't remember or doesn't even feel the need to bring up those good things because like, like you said, in that moment, he's angry. Um, but like Maeve, can't remember the bad things, but also the good things because I guess the last memory, which is another thing, she actually didn't want to see her mom dead, didn't she? Because she says that's all she would see for the rest of her life. That's how she remember her. So she wants to remember her as the person who sold her stuff to give me some money to go to America. Um, yeah, it's like, it's a tough sequence of events for me. Um, the whole sequence in the hospital where she stays to the crossword and she gets so invested in it. Like, I think when she solves the cross- crossword, she's so happy at solving it that she forgets why she was solving it, like what she was distracting herself from. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Like, it doesn't, I found it interesting because it doesn't like redefine grief portrayal on TV or whatever, but it was just like, it's very, it's a very particular and specific way of mourning that they've depicted here. Like, it's nothing groundbreaking or new. It was just very interesting for the character. Very realistic because, uh, yeah. It was weird for me to watch because I think I just lost my uncle mm. like a few weeks ago. So it was, I was sort of in the same headspace as because obviously I didn't have the relationship with my uncle that she has with her mum. Mine was completely positive. Yeah. But what was what's weird with grief was when you're not crying, you're not pissed, you're sort of like doing everything on autopilot. And I remember like still doing a wordle, like similar to mm-hmm. Maeve with a crossword. I did a wordle mm. and I was gassed that I got it right. But then I'm like, but I was at like um like a wake. I was like, why am I doing a wordle again? I thought, oh yeah, it was to distract myself from being here. So I think it was quite realistic because sometimes you don't cry that much. Sometimes you're mm-hmm. not angry. Sometimes you just are. Like sometimes it mm-hmm. doesn't. It, sometimes you just don't react at all. I haven't. I didn't react at all. And I think for a while you tend to think maybe there's something wrong with the fact that you're not reacting. But then it's like that's in itself is a reaction. So I remember I, mm. I kept thinking, I kept asking my mom, like, I don't know why I'm not. All of you lot have a very visceral reaction to everything and I haven't reacted. But she was, I think she even told me, but probably because she works in mental health as well, which is that that's a reaction. So whilst Mabe was maybe think like, they both had a reaction towards their mum passing. I think her brother probably has more of a, I don't like doing impression Olympics with siblings, but her brother <laughs> saw more of the bad of their mum than he saw the good of their yeah. mum, and he's older. I mean, her bro- brother probably, like, protected her. He, and he protected Maeve a lot. And when you're the protector and you've protected your sister from your mum a lot, obviously you can't protect her from everything, you've had the barrel of abuse, you saw your mum at her worst, and you didn't even mm. get that thing that Maeve did where you got to repair it a little bit so you've got something to hold on to it'd destroy you because he's got nothing to be pissed off at now. She's The person he wants to be pissed off with is dead. He can't talk to her about it. So he's just sitting in a pit of anger because you're upset that your mum's passed because it's your mum and you love your mum. But at the same time, you don't love your mum because of how she treated you. 
And the person who yeah. you've been protecting your mother from is in his head, he's taking her side. So he's basically lost. Yeah. I really felt so bad for her brother because I'm like, I cannot imagine being in that headspace. Like, what do you do now? The person I need to protect doesn't need my protection anymore. The, my mum's dead. Mm-hmm. I've got no one to talk to. I have nowhere to release this. I mean, you know, if you want to take drugs, let him take drugs. I'm sorry. I, I get it. Jesus. I get it. <laughs> no, I get it. If you've gone through what they have, if you've gone through it, yeah. and you want to do a bit, who am I to say anything negative about you? If you want to chase that high and forget about it a little bit, obviously it's not a healthy way of mm. grieving and a not healthy way of coping, but I get it. Like, I'm not going to keep a man while he's down. Get it. Like, I'll do anything to forget it. So, uh, Chedi, you asked last week why do you and I only talk about like this and so like existential yeah. <laughs> um, crisis crisis shows? And while that is still valid, I mean, Priscilla and I, I think in the last twelve months alone, we've covered like grief twice, um, poverty, poverty. <laughs> um, oh, single moms, depression, Tory governments. Ah, we're <laughs> having a good time. Bipolar disorder. Where's my invite, man? Bro, do you go watch Rain Dogs? Go watch oh, Rain Dogs no. and come back and we'll talk I about it. I need you it. to watch Rain Dogs and you come back with a smile on your face. Me and Banky was depressed. Depressed. I Can need you imagine you're having, you're having a good day and you're watching the, like, you're already pissed off at the government. Now you're watching a show showcasing the government and how they failed people. Yo! Oh my God. Can't I, can't, I, can't, I can't wait for Gen V. I need to, I need, I need to Invincible. Some, I need all these funny, some, funny some shows. The boys, I need stupid... The boys. Um, okay, let's run through these things. Um, anxiety four and five. One's anxiety about loneliness and one's anxiety about thinking of, thinking of your mom during sex. Hey! Both are obviously about our boy Otis. Hey! Um, who, who wants to talk about Otis? Who wants to start Otis's story? I'm, I'm going to go with episode. Otis because this, this is my son. This is my son. <laughs> <laughs> Otis. Oh, Freud. Freud is, is grinning in his grave. He's, he's smiling from ear to ear. Do you know what pisses me off, yeah? As a psychologist, I hate Freud. Like, he, for me, mm-hmm. one of the worst things to ever be brought into popular culture. Jesus, okay. <laughs> but every single five business days, one of y'all niggas proving right and it, Pisses me off, man. It pisses dead. me off. The Oedipus complex comes back again every time. <laughs> every because to be honest, I'll, I'll I'm gonna give him his props. The first part of his theory regarding the Oedipus complex. Breaking news: Priscilla gives Freud his props. <laughs> like, no, because I never. No, everyone who knows me, everyone I studied psychology since I was sixteen. I'm twenty five. I've never like you could. It's my literally my tagline. I, I hate him. It's well known <laughs> that I hate him. The first part of the complex okay, theory is okay, you can't you don't use the word accurate in psychology because nothing's accurate. Things change, and society changes all the time, but it makes sense. Mm. The first part of it, okay. the idea of a mother-son relationship and how that can change and stuff. That that part I understand. And there's some thematic analysis that could be extrapolated to different things have happened. There's plenty of shows we can list that have had that problem. With Otis, <laughs> we're going with the anxiety about loneliness. That was the most relatable thing I've ever seen. Like his general feelings about loneliness and anxiety about it, mm-hmm. because when you're around people all the time, like he's always around Eric and he's always helping people, yeah. but I don't think he really truly in the entire show ever realized anything about himself. And the reason why he was mm-hmm. doing these things in the sex therapy and all this stuff was because he was trying to fill a hole. But the issue with loneliness as a feeling, it's it's okay to feel lonely, but then 
you're not alone as cringy as that sounds that you have relationships that you can access to like you can live by yourself but then doesn't mean you're physically alone you've got emotional attachments to people that you can call and I Mm. think whilst I didn't agree because he was in a relationship how he slept with Ruby in the same bed but I was I was I was happy he fell asleep he He fell asleep no 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 like it's not a bad fit, but it looks, but do you know what I mean? It's the optics of yeah. it that looks terrible. But I so was why, happy. Why are you laughing? Do you disagree? Now, why am I in it? Because you're laughing. <laughs> <You're laughing. laughs> <laughs> what no. did you say fuck me for? <laughs> <laughs> no, the optics look terrible, but I was happy that he did talk to someone about. They fell asleep into a cuddle, by the way. Very interesting. It was actually I mean, very bad. I'm sorry. I'm, like, thank you. I'm still waiting for like, Muscle memory, Sha, so I'll let him fly. I'll let him fly. So, and I completely Pablo, get yeah. it. Yeah, um, I, I waiting, get it. I'm waiting for like the end credit scene of them trying us that something actually happened and like, but well, Ruby does, I mean, they were not drunk, so there's no reason for him to have forgotten. No, but it's no, like, no, I don't no, think anything no. happened. They weren't going to do anything. How did you end up in that situation? Like, you're right. How did you end up into muscle a Muscle memory, a man. No, do you know what it was? Do you know what it is? I think it's, ugh, I can't believe I'm defending my speaking people sick, but it's Otis. I think it's the whole idea that like he's he's been feeling that way for a long time. He finally unleashed that feeling. He goes to sleep and then like he's used to sleeping with someone else. So you just yeah. naturally do that thing and you go, oh wait, and then that we really woke up. He was like, shit, what the fuck did I just do? Like, do you know what I mean? That's where I was if I, I was I was literally waiting to see how is he gonna respond in the morning? And he responded fine. Okay. Can I actually guess the questions as we as we run through all the other anxieties? Um, just a quick detour. Is that I don't think this is a full blown love triangle, but just for the sake of this point, let's take it as it is. Is there any love triangles in history, pop culture, that you've like winningly or with your chest supported the quote unquote unpopular opinion? I can go first and tell you mine. If, no, this if this one, I've got to. Oh, I have to think. I, I think this. But I want to hear what you guys think. This one with oh, so Ruby. You support, you support, you you want Otis and Ruby to be together. I oh. felt Otis was more himself with Ruby. He opens up more with Ruby than he does with anyone else who isn't Eric. I actually really like Otis and Ruby. I I I don't know if there's en- I don't know if there's enough time. Which is what you're gonna say? Is I just think it's so crazy that like. When before this this season came out, I used to think that I was surrounded by people that really wanted him and Maeve together. Yeah. But everyone I've spoken to wants him and Ruby together. Oh, really? Oh. I don't even think it's unpopular anymore. Fair enough. People haven't watched the season, so that's interesting. That that exactly. That, so that I don't even think okay. it's unpopular anymore. But I do see why it's like though. Like when I was watching, I was like yo like they are actually likable yeah but then at the same time you can see i don't know like i don't i I don't want to say he's not himself with Maeve but i can see why priscilla would say that because it's more like he's had this crush on this girl for so long that's my issue it's almost like a relief now i feel like like he's trying for her to like yeah i don't know accept him i feel like he's he's himself yeah i feel like because it's that typical thing where when you've gotten what you wanted and you've put all your effort into getting it, it's like what I said last week, like in the episode, now what? Do you know what I mean? I feel like with Ruby, 
it was more of a natural development and they both basically fell into each other. And I feel like he tells Ruby stuff, this the way he would tell Eric stuff, the way he would, like the way he, but it could be the issue that the fact that Ruby's an outsider and maybe is the person he loves. Yeah. So well, that's why it's yeah, harder to say something. Yeah. I was, I was just going to say like, it's, it's always easier to be yourself, to be more yourself with someone who you have less feelings for. Yeah. That's what I'd say. Yeah. You're right. I said at the start, I, the, the fear is that only two episodes left, right? And I I don't know one, if on one hand, is there enough time for them to make us believe like the Otis Ramatanda, like it, Otis comes back to Ruby and I'm... I'm no, I, 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 I don't time, think they'll do that. Exactly. and Because also, if Otis is not going to be with Maeve, I need Otis and Maeve to be fine. I can't, I can't, this show cannot end with them being angry at each other. That's, that's too much. I just that's, don't that's want them to, to, I don't want them together. I feel like, I can't believe I'm saying this. I feel like Otis deserves better and I think Maeve deserves better. Not, but not the fact that they're dating people who are not worthy of them. That's not what I, I think. I think they're both incredible kids. Like I think they're amazing. Mm. I think Otis is in need, A, to be by himself for a little bit and work out what he truly wants work out like it's like him to understand the actual thing that it's okay to be alone sometimes and i think Mm -hmm. you see it for all the season like he's always looked after his mom he's now looking after his younger sibling he's always looking after everyone else i think he needs some time to look after himself and work out what does otis want so i think he Mm -hmm. always looks at everyone i think his issue is he's been stretched so thin because he cares so much about other people around him which is a detriment that it then affects all the relationships around him because he's spreading himself too thin. And I think May also needs time by herself, but I also think she needs someone to challenge her a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I think Otis was good for that period of her life in that time. But mm-hmm. she now needs something else for this new period, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I think I think the season I, ends with um, Maeve in America. Jade, what are you going to say? No, I was going to say, like, yeah, I think I agree with Priscilla and to be honest, I've been thinking, I think I want to rewatch the earlier seasons because yeah. I can't lie, Maeve and Otis were kind of like a guilty pleasure, not going to lie. So, which is why I agree that it was, she was good for him or he was good for her rather at the time yeah. because they did feel like much more suited to each other than now. Not now. They've changed. I remember yeah. when the Ruby thing happened and we're just like, well, like, where the fuck? Where did that come from? Yeah, But then somehow exactly. they made us believe it. Anyway, just quickly, my answer to my question is Jim, Karen, and Pam from The Office, US. Who did you want here with Karen? I I liked him with Karen as um, um, Rashida oh. Jones' character. I don't know if I necessarily like the Jim and Pam. I never got the Jim and Pam that everybody really loved the Jim and Pam. That, that just never worked you. for me. <laughs> I think I even read Dwight and Angela. I just I just never understood like the whole Jim and Pam relationship thing. You gave me a new one. Yeah. I always preferred, and I don't understand why it didn't end that way. I don't know why Ross, the whole Ross, Charlie and Joey storyline in Friends. No, no, that's not the one. The, the black lady yeah. scratch that one let's go oh, back oh, to yeah. let's go back to the OG one Barney and Robin should have ended up together in How Look, Met Your Mother a whole, that's a whole different thing no because I'm putting it out there we can't do a podcast miniseries about that that's a whole, <laughs> the whole thing Ted is a nasty man nasty man never deserved Robin Barney and Robin in any real life situation stay together what sort of nonsense is that jeez that, that thing actually it gives me the ick thinking about it Speaking of guilty pleasures, that remains my guilty pleasure. How I met your mother. Uh, Great yeah. show. 
Jim and Pam, I never understood. I never got the hype because I watched Office late, obviously. I watched after everybody had already talked about the office. I love the show, just never understood the Jim and Pam hype. Just didn't get it, man. I, I'm sorry to anyone who's offended by this. Um, okay. We're, oh, geez. We have like 10 more anxieties to go. Any final thoughts on Otis and his mom during sex? I will just move on. Banish it. Did you know? This, that was disgusting. <laughs> you guys are making it seem like you thought about his mom in a sexy way. He had a depressive memory. Um, jokes aside, um, oh. to be honest, like I don't, I don't think I can expand on this because I'm really trying to hear what he has to say about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, the next one is the anxiety about outgrowing your friend. That's Eric and Otis. Obviously, Ooh. they have the discussion as we mentioned like, last week. Uh, which one? Because both of them, the, it happened in two halves. Happens on the road and then at the end of the funeral. Will they be fine? Let's let, let me start with that question. Yes. 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 <sighs> yes. They'll Chido, be fine. I'm, I'm with you. Because I want to say yes, but then I was watching, I was like, I can see this show. Somebody mentioned it earlier about how you outgrow people. And I can see the show being like, okay, now nah, at this point, they're still friends, but they're not... That would be so they're, they're not that guys anymore, right? Like, Do you know why they might I not speak for will? four years now. Do you know why I don't think they will? They are the relationship of the show. Yeah, yeah, but yes, but at the same time, and because the, the reason the reason why I say this because in any other show I would I would say that, but I think what makes those two different in terms of friendship wise is that there's a tangible love between the two of them, and the issue is a lack of open communication from both sides. I think Otis, it's it's one of okay, so it's one of those things. Well, I don't know what, how it felt like because my best friend is gay and I've never really had this problem with him because when I met him, he's already out. So there wasn't yeah. this problem. But when you've been best friends with someone and and their relationship is not just a friendship, like it's their tights. Like it's basically mm-hmm. like, it's sort of like a marriage almost. Like there are two of them, there's a tangible love between the two of them. It's like a platonic love that almost feels romantic between the two of them. I mm-hmm. think the issue yeah. is Otis is uncomfortable. Not in a bad way, but he's uncomfortable with it. And I think he needs to reckon with that feeling. And I don't think he's ever reckoned with it. I think because he thinks that he accepts Eric as he is, as he truly is and loves him for who he is and has always supported him. But he doesn't He doesn't feel like that That thing, that feeling is real when it is real. Wait, it what can be feeling? The most, what, what, what are you talking about? What feeling? In terms of the uncomfortableness of how Eric is open with his sexuality. Like I, I'm not. I don't mean it since he's been homophobic at all. I've always gotten the feeling with Eric, especially with, it's mainly this season. I saw it that there's a slight uncomfortability because he doesn't know because he doesn't he isn't in that community, so he can't relate to it. So that's the uncomfortability with it. I've never, I've never picked that. I mean, obviously that could just be my biases because I, I see Otis written as the not perfect, obviously, but like. The very, very, very understanding straight friend. No, because like, he fully he's, on board. He's, he's still that. That's still there. But then mm. it, you can feel it, especially mainly this season. No other season this happened because the other seasons he's been fine. But he Eric has Eric has still was a minority in those seasons. He's one yeah. of many. Otis is now on the outside. And there's uncomfortability yeah. in that, and he has to reckon with that fear. I hope he reckons with it. If I'm right, I'm going to buy myself a chocolate bar because I I feel like that's what his side of it is. That's I think yeah. Eric's problem, obviously we know Eric's problem with it, is that it's been a continuous thing throughout the show. 
which is that mm. Otis loves Eric probably more than anyone on the show. He tells him more than anyone on the show. I think there's he puts Ot- um, Eric on such a pedestal, but Otis doesn't treat him with the same tangible care that he treats May. Like the way he drops Eric sometimes is a bit mad. It's a bit mad the way he drops him mm. sometimes. And I think because Eric has always been there, Otis feels like he can do that. Because oh, Eric would understand, because mm-hmm. he always understands. And I think Eric has sort of confronted him in the first season and will have little mini confrontations, but he's never like really fully fleshed out. Only that first season, I felt like it was a proper conversation. So I mm. do think they'll, whether they'll get back to whatever they were, I don't know. But I think there will be a resolution there because I don't, I don't want them mm. to end this relationship because I don't think this is a case of two people outgrowing each other. I think this is two people, personalities changing because in friendships, your personalities will change. Like I'm not the same person I was when I was 16. Like when I met like Jess, who we did a podcast with, I'm not the same person I was when I was 18 when I met Jess and Jess is not the same person. She was at 18 when she met me. But obviously you adapt and change and you map, your friendship will navigate and change as you make those changes. And I don't mm-hmm. think, I think Eric and Otis are treating each other as they were when they were kids not as the fully grown 18, 17, 18 year olds they are now mm-hmm. with different perspectives and viewpoints. So I don't know if they'll ever go back to what they were in season one. I don't know, but I don't think they won't ever go. I think it's, it's a resolvable situation. It's probably the most resolvable relationship situation in the entire show. I think they'll go back to each other just because of how much they love each other. I would not be surprised if in the eighth episode, the two of them then come back to each other. It would really upset me if they do that as them outgrowing each other. Because that, for me, as much as they've had their ups and downs, that's been my favourite friendship on any recent show of the last five, mm. six years. I've never loved a friendship more than those two because they they genuinely love each other. If that makes any uh, sense. Yeah. Trinidu, did Eric go for a BLM march? <laughs> Just- Probably. Thank you. You're actually such an op. I've actually caught what he does, you know. He drops you in it, you know. I've I've caught his game. Because I believe in his ability to to take care of himself. Nah, you're you're actually sick. You're not right in the head. Uh, I just wanted to know if he went for a BLM march. Um, I just, he said that him and Otis don't talk about race. Okay, let's. Um, sorry, before we actually quickly move on, I just wanted to say that, um, I know you said you, you're not sure if they'll be okay, but I think communication is a big thing and it just feels like this kind of thing that they're not seeing each other. Like I, I, like Mm -hmm. Eric was Mm kind of like, do you see where I'm coming from? And then Otis is like, yeah, but you don't see where I'm coming from. from. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, they're just not understanding and Regardless of the foundations you've built so far, sometimes it gets to a point where if you're not communicating anymore, a divorce is what is needed. Yeah. Like, well, hopefully, like in Priscilla's view, somebody, somebody being Otis lends to like what they need to do. It'll be long, yeah. it'll be tough because I think he's about to have his own heart like in trouble with Maeve and everything. So yeah. like he's gonna have a lot on his plate, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, they need to talk as well, bang their heads together. Nothing. The miscommunication trope. Even though this this is not a real bad miscommunication trope. This this, this is, is a this, realist, is, this, this is, is white deafness. Whatever. Like yeah. 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 This <laughs> is white deafness. Like I always say to people. Yeah. I always say to my white friends. Yeah. You could be the ally. Ally. You could be capital A ally. Yeah. 
but sometimes you're going to be deaf. Oh, God. Yeah. You should have just framed the message better because it's, it's understandable that you're lonely because in the earlier episodes, we see that he's basically spending time alone. Yeah. Like, he's pretty much trying to coordinate the whole therapy thing, like, when he's Eric by starts himself. Like, hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, he's by himself, which is understandable. Like, obviously, you've lost your friend in your new school. So, but the way he framed it was kind of like, you should have been more understanding that, oh, okay, I see you have a community, you have your community now, but at the same time, like, I just wished we could spend more time together. That's not anything against you, but just basically communicated. But but then they're 17, so. (laughs) They're 17. He's 17. Otis's feelings are valid and I, like if i'm otis i, I get yeah. it i get it like you've been yeah. there for him this whole time like you were fighting mm-hmm. wars with this guy mm-hmm. and he and do you know what i've loving this is obviously the side effect when you find your your village eric finds his village and he's having a time of his life and then obviously because he's so caught up in the idea of like of understandably so about him finding his people he's then forgetting the person who stuck it out with him Mm-hmm. I think they're both not yeah. seeing because both pe- both of them are right. They're both exactly right. Otis is being tone deaf and he's mm-hmm. being very defensive. He's the only one being defensive. He's being very defensive about it. But then Eric also mm-hmm. has to see it from Otis's perspective, which is that you're meant to be my best friend. And mm-hmm. I've been there for you this and no, no one has been there for you more than I have. Like I brought you into my family, like we're tight. Why are you now dropping me? Like, because I, I think this could have all been dealt with better if Otis... I mean, to be honest, this situation probably would have not happened if Eric didn't disinvite him from that thing. I think that's probably what kick-started this argument. And I think Otis would have been passive-aggressive, didn't help either, because he'd have just been honest and say, that thing bothered me, because it clearly did bother him. He's lying, it bothered him. But I've, I don't think that's even the problem. I think that was more of the symptom. Like, he only disinvited him because he was beginning to feel quite distant from him. And he's feeling quite distant because like he says they don't talk about these things um i don't know i also think and i also think you felt like otis wouldn't exactly you know fit in so but then my that's thing fair is- and that would be unfair that would be an unfair because obviously otis always fit in when he went one-on-one so is it just now that you have the gay friend this, this so is my thing friend. like yeah I've, they're 17 so i'm like this is all grace given if they were 24 yeah. there'd be a different conversation but I think obviously moving forward for next time, I think if anyone's in this situation and you're wondering, like, even if it's not, if you're not even in that community and it's just about mixing friends and you've got a new bunch of friends. Like, it's like when you go to uni, you make a new bunch of friends and you've got your friends at home. The easiest thing is just sometimes, I don't promote mixing friendship groups, but if you do have friends, no, because sometimes it was... Rule of your life. <laughs> no, no, no. I mix. I know. I mix my friendship. I mix my friendship groups. You have to. You have to be picky and careful which ones you mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have don't. to be smart, definitely. Yeah, but yeah, if yeah. you've got groups of people who you know would get on, like Otis, definitely would have gotten with all those people in that group. Just do it, and if it ends up wrong, at least you tried. Like Eric yeah. didn't try. He's seventeen, so he's not going to fit that. He's probably thinking, "Well, Otis is not going to understand. They're going to talk. We're going to talk." And I don't want to lose my. I don't want to lose my community. I don't want to lose my okay. community. We can spend literally an episode talking about this. We have to run through the next anxieties about not recognizing God or Jodie Turner Smith. Hey. We don't really talk about this, but this is Eric's return to church. How quickly did you guys realize that that was Jodie Turner Smith? Because, I mean, fair enough to do, 
Fair enough. Fair, I guess to me, the makeup team did a good job because I thought she was a homeless person. So <laughs> <laughs> it was when I saw her fish, I was like, wait, that. Because I was like, at first I was like, she looks familiar, but I couldn't tell who she was. And then I saw her fish and I was like, oh, I apologize oh, for not recognizing God. your face. Um, that was a fun point there is apparently Shuti called her personally and asked her to come and do this. And I was like, why she agreed. I mean, when you're big, you're big. Um, any any thoughts on that? We could just move on about Eric returning to church or him being drawn back to church. And then he saw people singing Nigerian songs. I like, hear him, man. Like, I just, I, like, I, I just understand that on and off relationship with religion, to be yeah. honest. Like, obviously, he has totally different reasons with me. And some of the reasons we have, like, are also common. But, overlapping, yeah. Mm. Yeah, overlapping. But it's... It's just one of those things, man. It's, it's just like, so, like sometimes it's just like, do I do this thing because I, I was it was ingrained in me from when I was like literally like mm, two mm-hmm, years old, or mm-hmm. is this something that I actually do I want care to about? do it? Do I believe yeah, it? Yeah, it's makes sense. Yeah, I don't want to go into a whole spiel, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I generally wish Sex Education was a weekly show. I just feel like there is just so much involved in it. Not even just for podcasts, just for like watching and like grasping. But if we were to podcast this on a weekly basis, that would actually the positive of that would be that we just there's so much time to talk about all these things that we're running through. Because I think this show is, I mean, a show like this coming out weekly, you get to actually think about it for because like now we're just rushing through this whole church and this whole church is an episode on its own. Like if we had the time, yeah, we'll spend twenty minutes on it because it's actually yeah. a, a strong point that they're, they're dealing with there. Okay. Let's move on to the wider group. Anxiety about childhood betrayal. Hey. We find out, you know what, should we just should we talk about oh? I was editing last week's the first episode, and I didn't hear this in uh, in real time. But then when I when I mentioned oh uh, the first time, Priscilla let out this incredible African hiss. Eh? It was like <laughs> just straight out of Rwanda. <laughs> straight out. The hiss was even in French. You could hear it. I'm so dead, man. Oh, I didn't hear. It. I, I was laughing when I was. You could tell she was in the markets two weeks ago negotiating. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Priscilla, do you talk about O? Do you, what are your thoughts on O at this point? Oh, my days, man. Oh, I, do you know what? Yeah, let me, let me go to Rand, right? I hate fake positive girls like that. They piss me off. They piss, like, I had a girl like that, yeah. <laughs> I actually had to drop her as a friend because she was actually doing my head in. <laughs> Someone. Shout out to like, who you are, wherever you are. I don't care. She, she knows who she is. She knows, I will even promote that person. I don't care. I have no shame about this. Oh, I hate fake positive girls like that who gaslight you like that and make you think what you experienced wasn't real. Yeah. Yeah, well, I experienced was very, I hate girls, because like, they think, just because you've changed, you do Kumbaya, Kumbaya, and you're singing Hillsong, Oceans, that things have changed. No, I remember what you did. I actually can't stand, because, you know what, Ruby, I think she stands 10 toes down in her madness. I think yeah. she stands 10 toes down in her madness. She don't lie, she don't joke. All she is, what she is. It's all there on paper. She's, she's easy to read as a book. She, Ruby's not even rude. Ruby's just more abrasive. She's actually not really rude. She doesn't really go after people mm. like that, really, in the glass scheme of things. The way, oh, there's a child. I said, hmm. I said, hmm. That flip, okay. was, that flip was, that was deadly, though. That you know, it's so crazy. I knew it. Watching I knew the show, it. when she denied her, I just thought it was just a denial of, oh, I just want to be cool. I didn't even realize it was 
a whole childhood trauma. You know, she still hasn't, no. she still hasn't recognized her. She still hasn't mentioned that, like, she knows her. No, yeah. she, whole comment, she hasn't even accepted it. It's no, because I do know why I knew she was lying. Girls like that, because they're in my psychology seminars, I see them. I see them. I saw them at uni. Girls like that, yeah, are scary. They're oh scary. God. Fake positive girls with their dirty Air Forces, high waisted jeans. Jesus Christ. Kumbaya, oh my God. Kumbaya. White profiling. That's I'm not profiling. <laughs> they are nasty. I am so dead. It's, no, it's so dark. It's so it's so dark because what happens is when you're the person experiencing it and you're now trying to tell someone else, this is what I'm experiencing from this person. They look at you like you're crazy. Yeah. Thank you. Like he's been nice with everyone, yeah. And to me, he's been the devil incarnate. Not trying to tell you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's serious. <laughs> I'm, trying to tell, I'm trying to tell you, like, right, Banky did so and so to me, yeah, 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 and you're yeah. like, oh, I could be here. Just walked my dog the other day. Now you look like a person, and then what happens? You're then isolate. I don't. I hate girls like that. I hate people like that. Oh, oh yeah, I want to trick her in a bit. There's nothing that they could say to me to make me forget. I don't like people like that. They give me the it. Um, oh was oh was revealing her asexuality and Priscilla was like that's you and your business I think I don't, know, I don't, I don't even care I what said, you that's between Wait, you, you and her? that's between you that's the thing so because of it, it yeah as in I, I'm I know I agree with you that it's it's up for debate I agree with that's up for debate so because like because of who we know she is so like yeah. it's possible that she yeah it's very I'm not I'm not going to do that it's possible that she lied yeah yeah to be honest I think the line she crossed was just getting close to his mom like no, she no. She, she took the piss. Like she, she could have done anything. Else. Coming up to coming to his house, coming to house is wild. The whole dad thing was probably triggering, but fair enough. His dad is actually a dunce. But like the, the whole getting close to his mom thing. Putain de mad, putain de mad, putain de mad. The way do you know what's so mad about this year? Wait, were you speaking so French just now? Yes. yes. Like, what does well, that mean? What was so mad about this year was that... Oh, my God. You, like, how can you... No, because what they did was so sick. You're clocking. Because you automatically know going into this the dynamics between Otis and his mum. You know mm. walking into the environment. And you still decide... I don't care what O says from now to Jesus comes. You are sick. <laughs> you are yeah, sick. To lie like that about Ru what she did to Ruby is sick. And to isolate Ruby like that is sick. If that was me, I'd be begging for forgiveness. Because you ruined that girl's... No, because people don't understand. Once you've got a label like that in primary school, mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. there. Mm. It's hard to shake also, off. Also, like, it's harder f because Ruby was from a lower social class. It's and background. Was so it's so fucked that it's she had like fucked that she had to go through that you're already trying to blend in and obviously you're the weird one out and then she does that yeah no because it's it's like I said it all to be honest yeah. <laughs> no because what she did because you know what it's one thing to do as a it's still do you know what and I really don't like it when people do this thing where they minimize child bullying in schools because mm -hmm. that's traumatic mm -hmm. Like, I don't like this whole thing we say to kids, like, oh, like, you know, forget about it, you were 10. No, that thing at 10 is fucked. Because if someone says that, because people don't treat children as if they're human beings with rights. Because if someone spread around the office 
and said that sort of crap about you, that's disgusting. And you feel yeah. isolated and you're trying to assimilate. So why are we saying it's okay for a child? Yeah. So it's one thing she did as a child and she came to her as an adult because sometimes you change. And so, you know what? What I did as a child was the most horrible thing. I'm so sorry. What can I do to help mend this? I know you're not, I don't expect you and me to be friends because of what you experienced, but what can I do to help change that? Obviously not in the exact way I'm saying it because she's 17, but she's grown enough to know that she did wrong and take accountability. Yeah, yeah. To then double down on it, and make her look crazy. And you're now seeing everyone else treat Ruby in a bad way. In the Obviously, some of it understandable because what she did in the normal school, but treat Ruby in a bad way. That was your chance to be like, you know what? I did something bad to her when I was a kid. Let me try and make this better. Let me tell the others mm-hmm. in, and try and help Ruby assimilate into the group better. No, you even as a therapist, you sat back. And let it happen and let Ruby look like a mad woman. No, I don't like them. Or oh, just admit, yeah, just admit that you remember her. Um I, okay. I was I was getting angry with O. <laughs> just And then I was like, I want to continue to see if some if someone kills her. Because this, this Jesus, was oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Stop. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I needed uh nah. I needed I needed everything. It was childhood <laughs> bullying, but that's a step too far. I mean, it's prison first before we kill her. <laughs> I mean no, I wanted her exterminated. I I wanted oh her out. Oh my god. Anyways, actually speaking of, I think we're not we're not allowed to call oh, a seventeen year old. If you're allowed to give therapy advice on the radio then we have to add like at least seven years to your age <laughs> I'm I'm 20, like... you're, you're 36 i think han han otis cannot be seven i'm not 17 i'm just sorry we just, no like, they're not if we're going to accept no, no, this therapy no. thing then we have to, we have to know, move on because you know what in the worst thing is yeah and i hope they don't do this thing when they make o win whatever the, the you know the thing they're doing yeah. yeah 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 otis is the better therapist if we're calling a spade a spade. I have a question. Yes, I have, I have a question about that. Otis is the best therapist. Okay, let's quickly, quickly run through because we are running through time. Number eight. I mean, we're covering for episodes, yeah. We are covering for episodes. So if, I'm, I'm even more worried about us recording than the listeners. If you listen to this, just strap <laughs> it. Just, just strap in. Number eight. Anxiety about not knowing your father. This hey. is Jackson. Not Jeremy. Jackson's cancer scare. I wish it didn't take us four episodes for us to finish the storyline. But, Okay. Like I like we said last week, it's very important stuff. I'm happy they did it. I would have been I would have preferred if you wrapped up in like two episodes. Two episodes. Instead of, instead of missing Jackson's like anxiety for four episodes. It's a lot of episodes. Oh, just see, like, imag- his, he kept checking his imaginary balls. balls. Like it's, it was a lot. It was just a lot. It was too much. You can wrap that up very quickly. That's my one criticism, please. Uh but yeah, obviously I admit that is important important stuff. Um but the main takeaway from this, apart from obviously everyone should get checked, is that he wants to get to know his dad. And quite interestingly, his um, black mom is very, very against it, which, I mean, I guess we'll find out why. Because I was just thinking, like, why would you be so against just a sperm donor? Well, I guess we'll find out why she's she's so against it, because it seems like um, Hannah Waddingham's character was expecting it all this while. Um, any thoughts on the whole Jackson thing? Should we just move on? Be quicker than the show did it. Let's move on. I just... I... I always feel I've never I'm never I never I'm gonna wait and see why why I shouldn't say because I don't I try not yeah. to judge the mother in that situation because sometimes most ninety nine percent of mothers are not holding their child back from their father unless there's a solid reason. Yeah, it it didn't feel like oh I'm just sad that he's asking. It felt like 
I have it. Like I don't I want have, him to know this. Yeah, I don't want person. him to yeah. know. So I'm intrigued to see what the reason is because I fully feel like it wasn't a case of like, oh, I didn't want you to find out because I didn't want you to know that you have a dad. Is I'm I love you so much. I don't want you to experience. Yeah. The sperm don't have to lie. Okay, speaking of fathers, the next anxiety is anxiety about trying to be a better father and bracket and sex partner. Oh. This is Groff Senior. Oh. Uh, his growth with Adam, which is actually quite nice oh. to see. Um, it's funny, just... So Adam is out with both his parents, as he mentions to Eric. And when he says it to his dad, it's weird. I didn't, like, clock. I was like, I, didn't, I wasn't like, oh, he's come out to his dad as important. I don't know. I, I just felt like he, his dad already knew. Which I guess is actually a testament to the writing and acting in that scene because it didn't make it seem like anything big or yeah exactly just just like okay yeah he's just talking to about how his dad his dad is trying to connect with him but I didn't think that was the first time he was confirming to his dad Um, yeah I mean his dad is doing the work he's trying to we'll see how long I mean I like that the show at least they haven't done it in a while but at least at the beginning they showed him reverting to type and still shouting because like no one no one watches to two videos on YouTube and becomes a good person overnight. So, like, I like mm. that. They've done less of that recently. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's obviously trying. The These episodes end with Adam catching his mom and his dad having sex and being angry about it. And so, did. <laughs> obviously, I'm joking. But, like, he, yeah, he feels um, betrayed and uh, we've got the impression, mostly from his mom, that she, um, Adam doesn't want them back together. So, we'll see how that goes. Um, that being said, his dad was having erectile dysfunction. We, this that is solved quickly because we find out that it's just because he he's still in love needs with his to wife. Be in love. Um, it was a ter- terrible way to live through his twenties. I wonder how he, he bro. We didn't have the whole face. <laughs> like if he had to be in love for every single time, that's that's, that's tough, man. Um, anyway, okay. Uh, but yes, no. But I think. It has mentioned a lot of time, but I think the casting for these two characters, um, Alexander Poetry and... Perfect. Connor Swindles. And Connor Swindles. Just, like, there's some things that he was doing. I was like, that looks very much like an adult version of Adam. Like, there was a way he was yes. talking. I was like, that was actually yes. just... Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, fuck this show for making me love people that I've, I hated wholeheartedly. No, I hate them back. so much for making me like him. I could like, never... He told me that Headmaster Gruff was going to have a redemption arc. I would have called bullshit. And, and it was no done re- and it was done realistically. And what I liked what they did with their relationship so far mm. is that Adam hasn't automatically warmed up to his dad. There's still yeah. push and pull there. And obviously, like you said, like he, like his dad hasn't watched a couple of videos on how to be an ally and a positive mm-hmm. parenting <laughs> and changed the way he parents his child. He's still making mistakes. The yeah. difference now he's he's actively trying to make up for what he was doing obviously he's 18 years too late but at least he's there yeah um but yeah i I love adam more in this season actually i feel like um so that's interesting that takes my my next point which is the anxiety about being in your own a24 farm indie film um adam is the one person that i felt like was very disconnected from the entire story because mm. even when he was at the funeral, I was like, why are you here, actually? Yeah. Like, he's the one person that his entire thing is just happening. Is It is Outside. literally for, is a four-person short film. It's not even a short, it's a four-person feature film. If you took up all the Adam 
and growth scenes and just and farm and cut them into a film you have like a 19 minute film a coming of age film in which like these divorced couple are getting back together this and a bisexual dad is trying to re-put yeah yeah and this old boy is finding love on a farm getting to ride horses like it's its own film and then like you know like, oh he went to a funeral one day so like i don't know if I want to ask you because you said earlier that you liked and now you just said that you like his story his storylines like so I'm assuming for you it's helping instead of hurting his this independence yeah I think I think it's helping because I think for me I've always loved Adam's storylines on the show I, the only one I didn't like was him getting back with Eric. him getting together with Eric mm-hmm. but I've always loved the relationship the, the storyline between him his dad and his mom and that and his sexuality and him processing it and I think we needed a season with what would annoy me if Adam went back to the college, knowing how much he hated being in that school environment and how much that mm-hmm. didn't do anything for him. Mm-hmm. I think we needed to see what Adam would be like in an environment that suited him and whether he would flourish. And obviously right now he's flourishing. He's mm-hmm. he's opening up more. He's being more assertive about what he wants. He's, he's communicating more. He's finding love. He's out. And I really, really like it. Of course, I think what they could do better, and I think it's connecting him more with the different characters on the show, like maybe get him to hang out with Otis, maybe get him to hang out with, like, him call someone. Do you know what I mean? Maybe that could have been mm. done better, but I kind of like to be, his... To be fair, isn't that just him, like, just being awkward? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it might feel weird yeah. if you try, because, like, he only really it, had two connections to Eric, everybody else. Yeah, Eric, Eric and, and um, um, Ola. Ola, yeah. So I think I kind of left. Ola's left. I actually really, really, but do you know what? My one critique of the season ties in with Ola. I think Jakob and Ola should have stayed for the new season. I need to go back and rewatch this show, man. I, I mean, unless unless they appear in the last two episodes, I don't know. Jakob should have been the dad that stepped up. Like he's not his child. What's he staying around for? No, 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 no. I wish they didn't go with the storyline of. The child not being Yakov. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. Which I wish. I wish that was in last. That was the end of last season. Yeah, like, I never agreed with it. Season, which is because you're right because it's kind of like why was there? What was because, it? I mean, maybe to show I, Jean as a single mother. That was the story no, that but we, but she has been hmm. pretty much. Yeah. But I think what would have been a more interesting storyline is watching Jean have a nuclear or somewhat of a nuclear family with this child in the way that mm. she didn't really get to have with Otis. That's more of a challenging thing for Jean to process. She, she's she been there, done it being a single mom. She's raised Otis pretty much on her own and yeah. she's done well with Otis. I think it would have been interesting to watch as a viewer. And I think this also links in with Adam and Ola and it's why he felt so disconnected from the show is it would have been interesting yeah. to see what would happen. Like Jean, has always been obviously she has her issues in terms of being an older mother. So that's an interesting storyline to watch and how she yeah. processes. And being she could a have mother. still had postpartum even with. And yeah, she still could have had postpartum, yeah. but it would have been more interesting to watch Jean process the idea of, hey, I've got a supportive partner. I've never had that before. What does that feel like? And watching that because yeah. that's just such an interesting storyline. That's a very good point. That's a very good yeah, because yeah. I don't know because I mean personally for me. Like sometimes I don't want to see being independent woman single mother. Like Jean did that. Jean did that for so long with Otis. Yeah, she's yeah, been yeah. doing like Destiny's Child, independent women. Like it's also a bit unfair to 
to Yakov, not to be demanding this on the podcast, but like just like no, it is like it he's is. actually stepped up, and then you're just like, well, <laughs> surprise. he loved it's and not you know your, the person yeah. is like. Did they name the child? Oh my god, they named her. Yeah, Jacob like and you, Ola named her. Oh, for Jesus. me personally, and it would have been interesting to, to see how Otis would have reacted with a father figure there for his hmm. last full year in college. Like, imagine the advice Jacob would have given him about Maeve. Imagine the advice he would have given him. Like, you could still have the same narrative going on with the show, but having Jacob there. Because for yeah. me, the one thing I, I wished Otis sort of had on the show is that he had a positive male influence and how that would affect him because you could tell his dad not being around impacted him because the way he was with Jakob he was he was no. assertive with Jakob for a bit and then when he was clocked like, actually Jakob's a, a sound guy because the half of Otis's property he was he was a single mum <laughs> he was running the household yeah. <laughs> understandably so his mum was his mum was going through postpartum yeah, I mean, you're right. This is actually, because I'm just remembering that end of last season when Otis is kind of crying to Yako and like he doesn't want to go to his dad's if his mom passes away. And Yako was like, I might not be your dad, but like, you will never have to leave. You're right. That's, that's actually a big opportunity wasted that they, they went this route with, with, with Jane. That's actually, that's a very good criticism that we've kind of stumbled on. And it covers my next point, which was going to be anxiety about postpartum depression. Uh, we're seeing Jane at first resisting, taking any medication, but then like <laughs> life starts life in and <laughs> she starts crying multiple times a day. And she's like, yeah, I might need, I might need some of those meds. Um, <laughs> in the same evening, her, her sister, her grown woman sister comes home drunk, throwing up. Her son is also, the, the police also called her that her son was trying to have sex hey. in an abandoned school. Hey. And she meets her son's girlfriend, his, her son's girlfriend for the first time. Your son's bad influence. <laughs> but was, yes. With her, with her piercings and, and streaking her hair. Um, it, was, it, was a, it was a tough few hours for Jean, man. She had to go to the meds. And fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, like we can move on. So the next one is anxiety about liking your friend's ex. <sighs> Two questions, just quickly, quick answers. Have we softened on Isaac? I'll start with you, Priscilla, after mm, four no. episodes. Okay, Chedu, have we softened on Isaac? Uh, he's calm, I think. Like, oh, Priscilla. I, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I would say this. That means okay. no. I would say this. So my fear after the first episode was that Isaac was going to do something like something predatory, maybe not predatory. I don't know. I don't know what he was going to do, but like something not totally consensual. I thought he was going to try that. Me, yeah, I actually thought he was going to be a dickhead, actually, not like a predator per se. Fair. I thought he was going to like try and kiss Amy and she wouldn't, and maybe he would like be gaslighting or whatever. That might be unfair. But everything they did was consensual and that's happening. This is where I'm going to be toxic now. So this Amy Isaac Maeve thing, I have never understood this thing. And this is, nobody has able to explain to people you don't understand. I think telling your friend should be a curtsy and not a permission thing. This is how I've always felt. Like, I don't think Maeve has the right to tell Amy she can't like Isaac. I've just never understood it. I'm open to dissenting opinions. My thoughts on that is that, like, it, it kind of depends on the context. Because Maeve and Isaac... They had broken up. She had moved on. Um, it's not like you know they were like they had some. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, this was the love of their lives. History. She's still with Otis. You know, like she's getting on with him. Yeah, they are building their own relationship. So I don't see why Amy has to 
ask her for permission to yeah to carry on with isaac to me like if amy liked if amy liked otis that's a whole different thing like i think you're but like something like this is like i don't know priscilla what do you think about this amy isaac mave thing i me personally yeah i i don't agree with date with like you can like them yeah you can like them what in this context i don't agree and why is that I don't agree. I, for me, as soon as my friend likes someone, they, they look like to me. <laughs> for me, that's just my personal philosophy. That's my personal philosophy. You could be Anthony Joshua, you're clapped to me because my friend liked you. In this scenario, I don't agree because of what Isaac did to Maeve. What did Isaac do to Maeve? Like, I remember how they ended in terms of how but he treated her. Like, I, didn't they, I just they, don't... they made up, didn't they? Like, I'm just before, like, they, they made up terms. They didn't end on bad terms, but it's still not. Do you know what I mean? It's not a friend. Like, it'll be different if, like... Do you think Isaac... Do you think Amy knows all of that? Be, be for real. She knows. Okay. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> I don't agree with that. They, they know... They can't convince me. It's, okay. I don't think it's right. I, I'd have more... If she just spoke to Isaac a couple of times and she told Maeve about it and said, you know what, like, I've been hanging out with Isaac. I know you only, and them two only spoke, then fine. But Isaac and Maeve really connected and he did that thing with her. Do you know what I mean? Even if they made up, it don't really matter. Like, if I, I if me personally, if my best friend, my best friend was seeing someone and that person did what Isaac did with her, even if they made up, I that's a no-go. I mean, seeing seems like a stretch for her and Isaac. Did they... Like how long did it last? One episode? No, but even if even if you if, but she she still liked Isaac and Isaac still liked her. Like there's nothing Amy could say to excuse it because your best friend likes the guy. So my my own thing is, what would you have Amy do in that position? Not not like him. The feeling of liking is not the problem because that can happen. But even then, the issue with some people have sometimes is they don't understand that liking's also a choice. Ah, Do you know what I mean? You can you choose. Can choose. You can... <laughs> no, no, because that's... No, this is just my personal I realise this is a very gendered discussion. Every time I bring this up, no, no, the answers are very always very gendered. And not even like in, in an aggressive or toxic way, like most, like even the most reasonable men are like, yeah, this, and like most reasonable women are like, yeah, this. Like it's always... Most I, I very rarely find men that believe that it's off limits and very rarely find women that believe that it's I just it's I just me personally, I just don't I just don't think it's not. It's weird, it's weird. Me personally. Like as soon as my friend tells me they've liked that person, you automatically that part of your brain, even if I, I probably wouldn't ever have because I sort of know who my friends were like just based on who they are as people. But yeah. and in you that situation like white men. Oh, shut up. <laughs> if I go through, do you know what, back, I'm going to send you my roster right now. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa. Send that roster. Oh, my God. I would love to have that. You know, when we started this journey, I didn't know that um, roster was going to be up on my bingo card. But I am very no, happy about they need to. They need, they need to see my bench. They need yes. to see my, my NBA team. <laughs> Because this is about to ridiculous. The allegations are getting a bit too much. I mean, <laughs> to go to go back to, to go back to my overall point, there's yeah. nothing wrong with Amy liking Isaac. 
you know, it happens. You only mm-hmm. spend too much time with someone. I just don't agree with the way the show is tipping it, the way it's going towards. I don't like it. That's me personally. Yes. Some people, it may be something they don't really care about. I know I've seen it in uni with some palm-coloured people that they actually don't care and they get each other within the friendship group. But that's just me. Me being a nigga, I don't do that. Uh, I love love entering the second hour of of a recording because people's people's handbrakes go off. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, okay. Uh, my next anxiety, we're quickly approaching the end, is anxiety about a good-looking athlete's best friend. About dating a good-looking athlete's best friend. This is Bo, Jackson, and Viv. I don't really want to focus on this too much. Bo is jealous. He seems like he's... Actually, let me ask a question. Do you guys think Jackson likes Viv? No. I want them together. I'm not going to lie oh, I really to hope you. they don't do that. I really hope they don't do no, that. No, they. I, I don't they think they will. Do, I don't think they will do that. But I do think they, they have a good friendship. Like I do, yeah. I, I love them. We too. haven't seen friends like I really, I really hope they keep them friends. I really don't hope they don't put them. Like they, yeah. I love their friendship, but you know, uh, the friend, the friends <laughs> love his side of me. Kind of what's it to happen? I think I like him and Carl actually. Oh, him and Carl worked. He came, him and Carl worked. Him and, I, I don't, no, yeah. but I, like, oh, I want my friends to love us. You know what I mean? So I'm being selfish. So <laughs> that's why I want it to happen. There's no. Um. Bo is probably not going to last this season. I don't think this show will end with him and Viv together. He's a nasty little you. <laughs> that shot of him searching through her bag. You know, when he asked her to be his girlfriend, I was thinking, oh, more, that's a bit too so fast. <laughs> it's a bit too quick. But guy dropped the dad bars and girlfriend in like 48. I was like, bro, do calm you know down. No, do you know what? That's how I know. That's how I know. That's how I know he's half white. Because nigga stop but- it. <laughs> No, because he defo, he defo doesn't have a black mom. I was going to ask you, so, so who's the white person? The white, the white person is the no, mom. No, he don't, he don't have a black mom. What can, be, be for real, yeah. If I went to my mother and told my mom, just to be um, someone's girlfriend, and I tell her, I've been with this guy for five minutes, my mom would be like, pourquoi? <laughs> what are you yapping about? The, on the other hand, he says he's his best friend with his dad. And you have to show me the black dad that is best friends with his black son. I'm dead. Why you showed why you showed that to me? <laughs> so I yeah, think hey, no, I'm sorry. I think the dad might be white. I think the dad might be white. No, I'm sorry, I think that might be white. No, that's not a mixed race boy with a black mom. No way. I don't no, think he's a mixed race be. boy with a black no, 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 dad. No, no, that's no. what I'm saying. No, no, no. Judge, no, actually, he he's beating the allegations. He could have a black mom. Because the allegation the, the, I don't know, the, the community has to come talk to me, but the mixed race community has to come talk to me. But according to the sources. Okay. Mixed race boys with black mums usually end up dating black women. Okay. If you see, and then the ones with white mums. Who's who's the source? Freud. <laughs> no, the the source. My my ears to the streets of Nottingham. I've seen, <laughs> okay. and I've seen Shoreditch. <laughs> that was your 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 twenty. <laughs> that was your twenty fifteen roster. Your twenty sixteen roster. Hey, yo. Um, you okay. trying to say I've got Steph Curry on my roster? I'm actually oh not going God. to sleep. Jesus. Okay, so we know boys. Are, we know boys. Are, I'm sorry, first of all, let me apologize if you're hearing any dogs barking in the background. They started hearing some of our takes and they started getting triggered. So, boys, not last thing. Boy, there's something sketchy about Bo. He's searching through Viv's bag. He's he for something. Yeah, just when he came out, I was like, I just want to make sure everything is fine. I was like, bro, bro, calm down, man. Like, just please, let's behave ourselves here. 
Okay. Um, okay. As a cis het man, there is no way I'm even going to call this an anxiety. I'm not even as a joke. But the next point was Carl's experience with Aisha and her conversation with Roman about top surgery at the party. Um, I feel like we're in the office meme now. Who wants to go? <laughs> Mexican stand-up, who wants to start? Do you know what? I'm not going <laughs> to... Um, I will. What I will say, because I'm not going to criticize or make any good or yeah, bad comments I, about mm-hmm, it, because mm-hmm. I'm not in the position to do so. See. But it was interesting to see that conversation in on the show. But I, it'd be interesting to hear from the community when it airs whether or not that was something that was realistic or sincere or something yeah. that is that if there's a tone deafness to it. Hopefully, in the writers' room, that they did get people. Obviously, they've got the the actor who plays Cal, but I do hope that they have a lot of other voices. And Roman as well. That they have, like, they've sought out people who've experienced that. Well, I should mention that the credited writer for that episode, I believe, is the trans writer. Okay. So that's the episode that he's that they are credited with. So that they're credited for. Okay, okay. Then that then that's good then. Um and we have the last anxiety, which is uh, which we actually kind of touched on this already. The anxiety about dating your your sister's baby daddy. Um we've kind of talked about that we obviously said we'd have preferred if um I've forgotten his name again. Oh, you mean Jakob. Jakob, Jakob. Um Okay, so I think we've kind of finished our 15 anxieties. I'll just qu- quickly go to Therapy Corner. But before that, we should mention that I think this was Jack Gleason's return to TV, who plays Joffrey. Yeah. I don't think he's been on TV or anything in forever. Did you, did you catch him? Oh, no, nah, I didn't clock. Oh, he's the... Oh, I can't remember his name now, but the drug dealer. That's Joffrey, yeah. I actually didn't clock. That's Joffrey with, with a moustache. Um, I, I don't. I don't think he's. I think because of the reaction to Jeffrey, he quit acting for a while. Are you serious? He just returned. Yeah, yeah. Or like the reactions in the real world were were a lot. So I think this is his return to like acting and stuff. Um, okay, therapy corner. Weirdly, these four episodes were actually very light on therapy. Yeah. So I picked out just one, um, and it's O's advice, advice in quotes, to Ruby about Otis. So I have, just before you go on your rant, Priscilla, as I'm sure you have, don't worry, just look at the clock as you rant. I have advice 10 out of 10, delivery 0 out of 10. Because, yeah. oh, he's so condescending. Oh my she activist. was right. Do you know why therapy is not about what you say, it's the way you say it? Mm. She was on the money. That's exactly bang on. Mm-hmm. She said it in such a nasty way. Yeah. Which is yeah. why I said that Otis has like always been... Which she said it. I was like, yeah, it sounded like, threatening. Because <laughs> Otis has always, even when he has com- like conflict with someone, he still mm-hmm. is able to advise him in a way that's helpful to them. He's able to switch mm-hmm. it on and off. Yeah. O-17, understandably, has mm-hmm. not... Something plus X. X We did algebraic therapy. equations for it. Yes. <laughs> we'll do maths. At 37, um, they should be better at, like, you can't, like, you know where, for example, there's going to be, there's times I had pitched, I didn't like mm-hmm. this person, do you know what I mean? Like, they weren't person. good people. <laughs> no, because there's some, like, like, they weren't good people, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it does, or if they said something that was incredibly offensive, 
it didn't I couldn't just stop then like talking to them yeah, yeah, yeah normally I still had to give them the right advice and I don't care how you feel about Ruby and what you think Ruby did to you or whatever she thinks in her head of what happened you still have to approach it in a right way if, you, if this is something you want to do mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it was ter- it was great advice terribly said so it's nil point what does that mean nil zero points I remember how I was like last week. I was like, "Oh, I can't wait to get. We have to get ready to Priscilla to speak French." And and then she's just volunteering. It yeah, and we didn't know all to take was oh, was oh, oh, I just <laughs> oh, I was brought it out twice on this episode. Oh my god. Oh jeez. Um. Okay. I actually think that's a good place for us to wrap up. Unless there's any, I don't think I'm surprised by any final thoughts anyone has. I feel like we've kind of covered every single person and storyline. Oh yeah, just a final thought. Um, Jean's sister's love interest um, is a guy I really liked from a show called Love Sick. His name is Daniel Inks. If anyone loves rom-coms or British comedy, please check it out. Very good show. Yeah, I remember seeing Daniel Inks in Chris. I was like, oh, somebody's not playing at Western. <laughs> so I was taking the so second career. Um, okay. Um, right under the 90-minute mark, Thank you to everyone that's listened to this episode. We'll have our final episode and last two out on Monday. As always, please check out everything else on the feed. Please share with your friends. Sex Education is a very fun show. We're approaching the end. But yeah, please join us in a couple of days. Hopefully, you'll have finished listening to this episode by then. And we'll be talking about the final two episodes of Sex Education ever. Bye, guys. Thank you so much, guys. Bye. Bye.